0: My goodness, what a day. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, News 95.5 AM 750 WSB, the nation's most listened to news talk station. And we just got to jump in. I'm going to save the phone number because we got so much to talk about right now. I don't know that even this hour I can get the phone calls. We got Pompeo is is up to Secretary of State. Tillerson is out at Secretary of State. Gina Haspel in at CIA. We've got, uh, what's his name, um, Johnny McInty has been fired, the ICE spokesperson and San Francisco has stepped down. Let me just get into Rex Tillerson first. I'll tell you what I know. I'll tell you what's being said in public. I'll tell you what I'm hearing from behind the scenes. But here is Tillerson a short time ago at the uh, State Department. It was this afternoon about 2 o'clock or so he went in. Um, and it, the impression had been that he had been fired immediately by the president on Twitter, no less. Uh, instead, he he gets a little bit of a reprieve. Here he is.
1: I received a call today from the President of the United States at a little after noon time from Air Force One, and I've also spoken to White House Chief of Staff Kelly to ensure we have clarity as to the days ahead. What is most important is to ensure an orderly and smooth transition during a time that the country continues to face significant policy and national security challenges. As such, effective, at the end of the day, I'm delegating all responsibilities of the Office of the Secretary to Deputy Secretary of State Sullivan. My commission as Secretary of State will terminate at midnight, March the 31st.
0: March the 31st, but he's basically handing over day-to-day activity uh, to his deputy. Um, Now, there's another clip I need to play that kind of sets the tone for... What is shaping up to be an interesting day to terminate the Secretary of State? I'll explain, but first got to listen to
1: this. ...and partners, though. Much work remains to establish a clear view of the nature of our future relationship with China. How shall we deal with one another over the next 50 years and ensure a period of prosperity for all of our peoples, free of conflict between two very powerful nations? And much work remains to respond to the troubling behavior and actions on the part of the Russian government. Russia must assess carefully as to how its actions are in the best interest of the Russian people and of the world more broadly.
0: Now, it's the Russia thing that you need to take note of because uh, while in Africa, coming back from Africa, he, Rex Tillerson, was very, very clear that the Russians were behind the... Um, chemical weapons attack in Great Britain. And then, within a couple hours, the White House press secretary, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, uh, was much more ambivalent and refusing to go there. And it was shortly after that that he was fired. And so there are a lot of people on the left saying, well, he was fired because he went there on Russia. I don't actually believe that's the case. This administration and this president have been far harder on Russia than the last administration, though you would never know that from the way the media covers it. Remember, it is this administration that was willing to arm Ukraine soldiers against the Russians. It is this administration that's been willing to impose sanctions because of the Russian incursion into Georgia. It is this administration that's been willing to expand the confiscation of properties in the United States against the Russians and to seize bank accounts. Um, This administration did those things. He's been very tough on Russia, and Russia doesn't actually appear to be part of the situation, although it's unfortunate that this happened at a time of escalating tensions with the Russians because it's given the left a media narrative that the president could have avoided and is now having to push back. But there is a reason— that Rex Tillerson was fired, having to do with a big dispute with the president, an increasingly public dispute, but it has nothing to do with Russia. What this is really about is Tillerson and Trump increasingly at odds over the Iran deal. The president, if you'll recall, just the other day told Benjamin Netanyahu uh, that he was planning on getting out of the Iran deal if changes were not made. Uh, Tillerson apparently behind the scenes relaying to the Iranians that this isn't necessarily the case. Adam Credo at the Washington Free Beacon has a report um, that it is related to the Iran deal as well, which is what I've been hearing uh, this afternoon. In the weeks leading up to Tillerson's departure, he had been spearheading efforts to convince European allies to agree to a range of fixes to the nuclear deal that would address Iran's ongoing ballistic missile program and continue nuclear research. While Trump has prescribed a range of fixes that he views as tightening the deal's flaws, Tillerson recently caved to European pressure to walk back these demands and appease Tehran while preserving the deal, according to sources." The Free Beacon disclosed this tension last week in a wide-ranging report. This has been the buzz inside White House staff and the Defense Department as well that Tillerson uh, was going wobbly on the Iran deal as there's increasing pressure within the White House to get out of it. Now, I got to tell you this. Let me paint you an overarching picture here. Uh, Rex Tillerson is a moron. He's a very brilliant CEO of ExxonMobil, where he should have stayed. When it comes to this stuff, uh, he's not very good. And, and, you know, the president has said he only hires the best people. This is one of those cases where he didn't. There were people far better than Rex Tillerson, including his new replacement, Mike Pompeo, former congressman, now the head of the CIA. Brilliant, brilliant man understands foreign policy and also understands how to connect with Donald Trump on these issues and lead the president in the right direction. Tillerson never could figure out Trump. They never could get on the same page. There were constantly loggerheads over uh, how to do things, where to go, the Iran deal being chief among them. Tillerson did not need to be in this job and he stayed far longer than he ever should have. The one shocking thing here is that Jeff Sessions has outlasted him. Who saw that coming? Sessions seemed like he was going to be out any day now, but he... he He's prolonged. Amazing. Tillerson really wasn't good at this. Now, by the way, you should also know uh, the State Department's PR spokesman has been fired as well uh, for publicly disagreeing with the White House, saying essentially Tillerson was fired over Twitter, didn't know he was going to be fired other than what happened with Twitter and um The White House disputing that firing the public, uh, the PR spokesman who was close to Tillerson and not the White House, was actually a PR spokesman that Tillerson wanted, the White House never wanted. Uh, It does appear to be true, though, that Tillerson first learned of this on Twitter. It was only several hours later that General Kelly convinced the president he needed to call Tillerson. Uh, The president did so from Air Force One, making clear that he was firing him, but giving him until the end of the month. It had originally struck people that Tillerson was out today, and people found it very odd. There was actually, I'm told, a question as to whether or not Tillerson would be able to stay in the building today, the State Department building. Yes, you do have to feel a little bit bad for him because he was forced to stay in Africa longer than he wanted because he got food poisoning. So he's recovering from food poisoning, flying home from Africa, dealing with the Russian attack in, in Great Britain. There's been another Russian attack we'll get to later. And then he gets fired over Twitter and no one from the White House bothers to call and tell him whether or not he should even go into the office today. Uh, it's just, just a, it was not handled well. It needed to be handled, but it could have been handled better. But I can assure you his replacement is sharp. When we come back, uh, Pompeo and, um, oh, what's her name? Haspel, who is the new CIA chief, first female CIA chief in American history. Some big waves there. And then the other firing at the White House today, getting not as much notice, but it might need to. We'll get into all of this when we come back. Just a brief timeout for a sponsor that I love and I use multiple times a day. It is my Quip toothbrush. Now, listen, I realize there are other toothbrushes out there that are electric and do all sorts of fancy things. The Quip toothbrush is an electric toothbrush with a great vibration to clean your teeth and it's very basic and that's why I love it because I've tried other electric toothbrushes and you got to deal with the chargers and all the bells and whistles and some of them have heads that are so fat they can't get between your gum and your teeth. And I don't understand why they do that. I had two, I wound up throwing them away. The Quip is so great and I never have to worry about packing a charger with me. It works on batteries and listen, I take this thing everywhere I go. I've got braces right now so I'm having to brush my teeth constantly throughout the day. Uh, the Quip toothbrush is fantastic and the cool thing about quip is that they give you new brush heads every three months well i shouldn't say give but you can get new brush heads every three months and it's just five dollars including free shipping worldwide so you're never going to have to worry about the bristles getting worn out on the, the toothbrush it is great it comes with a mount that suctions right to your mirror unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel anywhere Listen, I think the world of this toothbrush, I've had tons of electric toothbrushes from all the names you know, some you don't know, and this is the one I've stuck with. Not because I'm doing an ad and this is a sponsorship, that doesn't matter. I use it because the toothbrush is great, it's convenient, I don't have to worry about a charger, it really, really does a good job, and it vibrates, so every 30 seconds it times you for a two-minute brush to move to a different part of your mouth, so I'm really getting my teeth clean, my dentist has noticed, my orthodontist with the braces commented the other day on it so quip starts at just $25 and if you go to getquip.com eric e-r-i-c-k right now you'll get your first refill pack free with a quip electric toothbrush that's your first refill pack free at getquip.com eric it's spelled g-e-t-q-u-i-p.com slash eric e-r-i-c-k get quip today and thanks to quip for sponsoring the show Welcome back. It's Eric Erickson here. Y'all, you know, normally I do a short little outline of the show. I'm going to talk about these four or five topics. Uh, I have just a massive outline of this because so much happened today. Now, you should know there's congressional reaction about Eric Stillerson being fired, almost all of it positive. One of the things you need to understand about Tillerson is that there's really no love loss between him and Washington society, uh, Washington political society, I should say. Republican members of Congress always found him standoffish. He didn't seem to be very sharp in his job. He didn't seem to really have a a grasp of what was going on. He alienated a lot of people at the State Department. He tried to bring in his own team. Essentially, he tried to run the State Department as the CEO of ExxonMobil, where the State Department um, Secretary of State, going all the way back to Thomas Jefferson, the first Secretary of State, really has played a fundamental role in Washington society that you can like or hate, but there was a level of engagement there with the politicos in Washington, a bipartisan level of engagement. Even Madeleine Albright, she may not, and even Hillary Clinton, for that matter, might not have seen eye-to-eye with Republicans, uh, but did a lot of build bridging, bridging across the aisle um, and explaining things that were going on behind the scenes. Tillerson never had time for that. He didn't have time for the idle chit-chat that Washington expects from its secretaries of state, he didn't have time for kind of the 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 hands dirty moments that secretaries of state are expected in dealing with Congress and whatnot. He didn't do that, and so members of Congress on both sides of the aisle didn't particularly care for him. They have long wanted him gone. Rumors about his departure going back all the way to July of last year. For Pete's sake,s I was in a did a, a interview with I believe New Yorker, the New Yorker about Nikki Haley possibly becoming Secretary of State. Uh, Six months or so ago, I got called on this. And by the way, I think uh, Haley would be an excellent Secretary of State. But as I told the reporter at the time, I hope she stays as UN ambassador because she's got uh, far more influence than she would have in Washington. And she doesn't have to deal with all the mess in Washington, D.C. that she can avoid or she doesn't have to deal with all the mess in New York that she would have to deal with in Washington, D.C., Now, what about Mike Pompeo? He's the incoming Secretary of State, and Gina Haspel, she's the incoming uh, CIA director. Their hearings are set for April. When we come back, I will explain uh, what I know of them, how members of Congress view them, and also why this Tillerson departure comes at a very awkward time for the White House. Although... People may have missed it, but there was probably a big tip-off that this was coming just the other day at a meeting at the White House. I'll tell you about that when we come back. Eric Erickson here on WSB. 39 after the hour, Eric Erickson here. I'll give you the phone number now, 404 872 750 wsb talk So you probably missed it. I missed it, wasn't paying attention to it, but a friend of mine, Uh, in the know up in D.C. told me this was very, very notable, that people should have paid attention to it. While Rex Tillerson was in Africa, the White House had an in-depth meeting on the Korean situation while the South Koreans were there. Mike Pompeo, the CIA director, and Gina Haspel were both there. And it struck people as odd at the time that the director and deputy director of the CIA would both go ...to that meeting, given the structure of that meeting. It would have been fine for, for, a, for the director or the deputy director to go, but for both of them to go, it was very interesting. And apparently, uh, the president relied on Pompeo deeply at the meeting, bouncing ideas off of Pompeo as if he were Secretary of State. So the writing probably was on the wall for Rex Tillerson going to that meeting, or not going to that meeting, being in Africa when it happened. He was completely cut out of the loop. As for Pompeo, he is a native of Orange County, California, but he was a congressman from Kansas, a fairly conservative congressman, got elected in 2011 or 2010, served from 2011 to 2017 when the president named him. He had risen through the ranks um, in charge of, I believe, the Intel Committee in the House of Representatives. Um, it, it pretty, pretty solid guy got attacked obviously for, uh, ties to the Coke industry, but of course they're big prominent there. He was the, yeah, he was on the, the permanent select committee on intelligence when he was in the house. So he moved over to the CIA, uh, has by all accounts been a very good CIA director. There are a number of people who, including former CIA directors who are partisan, uh, claiming he was too close to Donald Trump. Uh, but I think that's what you kind of want. And being a, from the CIA going to the State Department, you want someone that Trump will trust. And he never clearly gelled with Tillerson in the way the president himself expected to. He never really clicked with Tillerson. And Tillerson, frankly, never really clicked with the president either. It it was a two-way street there. Neither man seemed to get along as well as anyone expected them to. One thing that is notable, though, is that Tillerson had actually um, developed a strong working relationship with General Mattis, the Secretary of Defense. So this throws that for a little loop, but I am told that Pompeo and General Mattis have long gotten along um, since uh, Mike Pompeo was in Congress and Mattis was actually a general um, with Robert Gates as his secretary of defense. So that's good. The most intriguing bit of this, though, is Gina Haspel. Gina Haspel is going to become the CIA director. She was put into office as the director of the National Clandestine Service. Essentially, she was the head of spies. Um, Barack Obama put her there. Uh, She was in charge of the Counterterrorism Center for a while, uh, or rather she was the chief of staff to Jose Rodriguez, who was the um, head of the Counterterrorism Center. She is thought of very, very, very highly. I mean, exceedingly highly by Republicans and Democrats alike. Um, It is really one of those uh, things where this is a woman who has climbed the ladder. She's done her time. She is highly, highly competent highly regarded by both sides. She deserves the job. Uh, And it's a position that because it is a partisan political appointment, typically someone like her, the deputy director rank is as high as she can go. And yet she's going to be the CIA director, the first female head of the CIA. I'm sure the women's March people won't be commending her or patting her on the back. I don't know where she stands politically. All I can tell you is that both sides of the aisle love this woman. They think she is sharp, she is highly educated, she is highly motivated, and she is highly detailed. And even Democrats who have been dubious about Mike Pompeo because they said he was too partisan really like Haspel. But Republicans who are always dubious of people that Barack Obama promoted, they also love her. I mean, she is a spy spy from what I'm being told uh, and knows the agency inside and out, so she should be very good. We should be sleeping well at night with her at the helm of the CIA. Buddy of mine pinged me and said, just don't forget the liberals of the Senate hater uh, Haspel. She has been tied to um, torture. Uh, she has been tied to the destruction of interrogation videotapes that supposedly documented torture. Uh, and Sheldon Whitehouse and Ron Wyden and Martin Heinrich in the Senate uh, deeply despise her and urge the president, President Trump, to reconsider his appointment of her as deputy director. They tried to get Barack Obama to fire her. Th- this is a this is a careerist in the CIA. She has protected her turf. Um, there are allegations against her that have been proven. Liberals really hate her. Um, all of this is a good sign. We should all probably like, uh, Gina Haspel in the CIA and it is pretty tremendous yet again. Uh, this is a president who his entire communication staff is female and he's got a CIA director now who is female and never gets credit by feminists out there for his promotion of women when he's got a white house really dominated by strong women. And now one in charge of the CIA. Good for him. I am going to get to the Hillary Clinton audio. I I've got the Hillary Clinton audio. My goodness. I mean, I've still got so much stuff. To get to with Tillerson, maybe we'll come back to Tillerson because we need to get into the Sillery stuff. And the uh, Waymo and Google are doing automated 18-wheeler driving in Atlanta. Um, I think it's being overhyped. I kind of think that, that the driverless car is the flying car of our age. But before we get into any of this, though, uh, Johnny McEntee has been fired at the White House. He's the president's personal aide who followed the president around, knew when he wanted water, stuff like that. He's being fired. Nothing related to the Russian investigation, none of that sort of stuff. Apparently, he is being investigated by the Department of Homeland Security for major financial crimes. Uh, completely unrelated to the White House, completely unrelated to Donald Trump, um, coming from a time when he wasn't connected with Donald Trump. Uh, This, uh, Caitlin Collins at CNN reporting on this. Uh, This is a Jake Tapper tweet. Trump's personal aide, Johnny McEntee, was fired because he's currently under investigation by the Department of Homeland Security for serious financial crimes. A source familiar with his firing tells CNN's Caitlin Collins completely unconnected to the Trump campaign or anything related to Trump. This is separate on his own time. Just, I mean, people are missing this story today because of the Tillerson one. That would be a big story. It's just a a fascinating day. Uh, Okay, so when we come back, Hillary Clinton is in India. You know, it's one thing to trash your countrymen when you're in your country. To go to India and attack your country and attack the people who voted for your opponent. um, Just, you know, this is something she, if you will recall back in 2008, uh, she attacked Barack Obama for going out of the country and doing this sort of stuff. Um, And yet now here she is doing it. I want to play you. I've got the audio. We'll play it when we get back right here on WSB. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here, nine after the hour on WSB, and thank goodness the wind has calmed down today. Good grief! I, I got home yesterday and <laughs> our perch furniture I, it had flown away during lunchtime hour before I headed off to work, and then got home and it was gone again. Had to go find it. Uh, things calmed down at least now. Um, before I can get to Hillary Clinton, I've got this audio. You got to hear it if you haven't heard it. A uh, buddy of mine, uh, the top of the hour, sent me a a text message of just an article said can't believe you didn't mention this i totally miss this one there's been so much this is from the politico uh it was looks like it was posted at three thirty six this afternoon state department employees had one main reaction to rex tillerson's ouster as secretary of state on tuesday good riddance There's a strong sense of relief at state, said Brett Bruin, a former department official. The last year has been traumatic, to put it mildly. It was thought T-Rex, as they called him, stomped through Foggy Bottom, devouring staff and structures. (laughs) But he had tiny hands. T-Rex joke. sorry. Okay, anyway. Um, people within the White House or people within the State Department, says one State Department staffer, see this as a chance for a clean sweep. The team has proven itself incapable of managing the State Department. Many of them are excited by Pompeo because they hope it will boost their influence in the White House and Congress, since Pompeo has a good working relationship with members of Congress and with the president, which is true. The State Department really has been outside a lot of the foreign policy discussions, ironically, because of Tillerson and the president's issues with each other. So now I got that out of the way. We got to get Hillary Clinton here. This really is some incredible audio. Um, It's one of those times where the description that you see on social media of Hillary Clinton trashes the heartland or what have you, it doesn't do justice to what she actually said. Um, This is just listen to this audio from Hillary Clinton in India.
2: If you look at the map of the United States, there's all that red in the middle where Trump won. I win the coasts, I win, you know, Illinois and Minnesota, places like that. But what the map doesn't show you is that I won the places that represent two-thirds of America's gross domestic product. So I won the places that are optimistic, diverse, dynamic, moving forward, and his whole campaign, Make America Great Again, was looking backwards. You know, you didn't like black people getting rights. You don't like women, you know, getting jobs. You don't want it. you know, see that Indian American succeeding more than you are. Whatever your problem is, I'm going to solve it. So,
0: if you- There you go. Uh, you know, this is just really genuinely amazing stuff from Secretary of State Hillary Clinton a former presidential candidate, um, former secretary of state to go to a foreign country and trash your fellow Americans. She attacked Barack Obama for doing this on the campaign trail in 2008. Um, It it just, it's insane to see. Well, no, I guess it's not because it's Hillary Clinton and Democrats are having to come to terms with the fact she really was that terrible of a candidate And that's why I think they're so hysterical over the House clearing uh, the president of collusion in that report, uh, Chuck Schumer coming out, blasting the House and others. Uh, There's no evidence of collusion at all, but it allowed Democrats to point to something other than how bad Hillary Clinton actually was as a candidate. Okay, let me before I delve deeper in this, because I, I really want you to be able to appreciate what she said. Let's listen to this one more time. Hillary Clinton, um, talking in India. She's at a conference. She goes out of the country to say this.
2: Look at the map of the United States. There's all that red in the middle where Trump won. I win the coasts. I win, you know, Illinois and Minnesota, places like that. But what the map doesn't show you is that I won the places that represent two-thirds of America's gross domestic product. So I won the places that are optimistic, diverse, dynamic, moving forward. And his whole campaign, Make America Great Again, was looking backwards. You know, you didn't like black people getting rights. You don't like women, you know, getting jobs. You don't want to, you know, see that Indian American succeeding more than you are. Whatever your problem is, I'm going to solve it.
0: Yo. You can blast Hillary Clinton for saying this, and you should. It's inappropriate, really derogatory, uh, condescending. But this is mainstream thought within the Democratic Party today. I mean, you'll hear Democrats in metro Atlanta say this. Uh, This is a a message subtly hinted at in, in, for example, the John Ossoff campaign that this is a, that the 6th District was a suburban center of, of successful college-educated people, so they're trending Democrat, which is a, a way of saying the hicks and rubes are bitter clingers, like Barack Obama said. Barack Obama said, it supposedly off the record at a fundraiser, that uh, people in the middle of Pennsylvania were bitterly clinging to their guns and religion. That's Hillary Clinton is someone who has said that the religious in this country had to change Christianity uh, so it was more accepting of abortion rights. This is more and more common within the Democratic Party. It is an elitism in the Democratic Party that looks at uh, the growth in urban areas. And it is true what she said about the gross domestic product. It is true. But she presumes that that then means that that translates to the successful people are uh, Democrats and the people who are failing are Republicans. The the racists are the ones who are failing the ones who hate that black people got rights, the ones who hate that women got jobs, uh, the ones who hate that Indian Americans are advancing. But, you know, I'm old enough to remember when Democrats, Hillary Clinton supporters, in fact, people who campaigned with and for Hillary Clinton, darkened Bobby Jindal's skin in mail pieces in Louisiana to try to make him look black instead of just a an Indian American. Uh, they called him, uh, I think, Piyush, uh instead of calling him Bobby, which everyone knew him as. Uh, I am old enough to remember Democrats, uh, liberal Democrats in the Senate voting against Nikki Haley to be Secretary of State. I'm old enough to remember Democrats campaigning against Nikki Haley uh, to be governor of South Carolina. In fact, I'm old enough to remember when all of these statewide elected Indian Americans in this country were and are, by the way, Republican, not Democrat. But this goes to a greater sense uh, within the Democratic Party of their feeling of superiority as as they have become more liberal and more secular, they're hostile to people of faith, they are hostile to people in rural areas, they are hostile to people without college degrees, they are more and more alienating people. And they are benefited to a degree, and, and I don't mean this in the way I know some of you are angrily going to take it, but they are benefited by President Trump Because whether it is fair or not, there are people who are black, Hispanic, and Asian who believe the president is a racist because of the media coverage. Um, Whether you believe he is or not is irrelevant, there are a lot of people who would be fleeing the Democratic Party today because of its increasingly uh, rich white secularism and and, um, the affinity for gay rights and transgender rights and all that. They would be fleeing to the Republican Party but for President Trump is how they perceive President Trump. If the president could overcome this, it would really hurt the Democratic Party because there is an arrogant pretension within the Democratic Party, that if you don't think like them, look like them, sound like them, live like them, you are a racist bigot hick and rube. And Hillary Clinton just is expressing that in India. At least she's being honest for how she really feels. And I, man, I really wish they would try to run her again now. Let me take a quick timeout for a sponsor, which came in really handy for me this week. Text ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, to 303030. That's 303030 or 303030. Text ERIC there now to let the magic happen. I'm talking about Beachbody On Demand. Now, you're probably not aware of Beachbody On Demand per se, but you know some of their programs, P90X, Insanity, 21 Day Fix, the 3 Week Yoga Retreat. Okay, retweet. Retreat, if I can talk. Okay, let me get serious here for a minute. Last week, I had a pinched nerve in my foot, which I'd never had before. It was the worst pain. Now, I admit, I don't have high pain tolerance but I've had surgeries, whatnot. This hurt worse than anything. I thought I'd broken my foot. It was swollen and red to begin with. Uh, the, the pain went away, but or the, the swelling went away, but the pain didn't. I could not walk on my foot at all, and I had to go to Los Angeles. And I'd been using the Beachbody On Demand product on my Apple TV with their yoga program, particularly the stretching. And in California, on my iPad, was still able to get it. And it actually was a handy stretching program. Uh, really helped a lot with my calf muscle from limping and everything as, as the pinch was working its way out, the medicine was doing its job, uh, really actually used this program while I was in LA, uh, came in handy. You can get it on your phone. You can get it on a tablet. You can get it on a TV, really excellent to be able to watch on demand exercises. You don't have to worry about DVDs and stuff. I do highly recommend their yoga package, which I've been using just for flexibility. And the stretching came in super handy while traveling with my foot problem, Give it a try. My listeners are going to get a free trial membership when you text ERIC to 303030. You're going to get full access to the entire platform for free, all the workouts and nutrition information free. All you've got to do is text ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, to 303030. Go do it right now. Text ERIC to 303030. And thank you to Beachbody On Demand for sponsoring the show. Y'all, I am only slightly joking. I do wish the Democrats would run Hillary Clinton with this audio out there so people can really see... What sort of person she is uh, now that she's let the mask down out of the country um, and and watch her be creamed. You know, people always talk about, well, Donald Trump lost the popular vote to Hillary Clinton. If the election were held today, he'd beat Hillary Clinton and win the popular vote. That's how unpopular she is. And Democrats have for a year now hung their hat on the Russians stole the election so that they could refuse to address the fact she was a terrible candidate. And more and more every day, they are having to confront the fact that she really was a terrible candidate uh, who had no business getting the Democratic nomination other than they went for the it's her time nonsense. And there you have it. Um, uh, By the way, real quick, I want to tip a hat to WSB TV. You need to pay attention to the story. It's actually a pretty big story. Uh, Richard Belcher uh, writing it up. Uh, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation is opening a criminal investigation into former Mayor. Ra- um, yeah, I started to say, Ralph Reed. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Kasim Reed's press office. <clears throat> the the press office, uh, according to text messages and documents discovered, um, one of the exchanges shows that the top communications officer for Atlanta's Department of Watershed Management. Um, and the press office at the mayor's department, were are talking about how to withhold documents in an open records act request and to make the information is available in the most confusing format possible. So the Georgia Bureau of Investigation is starting a criminal investigation into this. Uh, the state doesn't play around with local governments messing up open records act requests, uh, good for the GBI and for the state attorney general who forwarded this to the GBI, um, you gotta, you, when people ask for open records that are allowed, do it, uh, and make it easy, uh, transparency works, but Kasim Reed's office didn't like transparency and well, uh, now there's going to be a criminal investigation. So this would not have started by the way, though, but for WSB TV and Richard Belcher digging around on these issues and filing open records ask requests. So kudos to the GBI, but kudos to WSB TV. Now, when we come back, uh, the, the automated 18 wheelers in Atlanta. I'll bring you the latest 39 after the hour, Eric Erickson here. So let me bring you the latest on this. This is from the Washington post, the race to control the future of self-driving trucking just got even more competitive beginning next week. Waymo formerly known as Google's self-driving car project will roll out a pilot program in Atlanta where the company's technology will power Peterbilt Class 8 trucks to carry cargo bound for Google's data centers, the company announced Friday. Um, so sometime this week it's going to start. If it, Maybe it started uh, yesterday or today. I don't know. The company's engineers have been testing self-driving trucks in California and Arizona, the same state where a fleet of 600 autom- autonomous Waymo taxis have been on the roads without a human driver since November. Now, I got to tell you, this is closer to reality than the flying car, but I still still feel very much like, um, and it is a feeling more than a thinking, although there's a lot of thinking in the feeling, that this is like the flying car. Um, if you go back to the 1950s and 60s, there were lots of articles in Popular Mechanics, Scientific America, and the like about the coming flying car, and the revolution never took off. Now, one of the things here is I think there is a philosophical ethical argument that has to be dealt with. Uh, We're so busy asking, as, as the cliche goes, we're so busy asking if we can do it. We're not asking if we should do it and should we do it. Um, because it is putting people out of work. It is putting truck drivers out of work. And ostensibly in these vehicles, there's no reason to really panic here. You've got someone sitting behind the wheel. They are on camera the whole time to make sure they're not texting and driving things like that. They're not distracted. Uh, they are paying attention as the, the truck drives itself. Um, the issue though, and and this has worked in California and Arizona without a hitch, But the issue is it can only work in certain areas and primarily because it has to do with the conditions of roads. You leave an urban area like, I mean, heck, there are parts of Atlanta where the the lines on the road confuse people because of of the the paving and the repaving and the painting and the repainting. Uh, It's hard enough to navigate. And these trucks rely on those sorts of visual metrics like people do with high tech cameras and sensors and things like that. Um, You get outside the urban core, however, uh, go down to Lawrence County, go go down to Monroe County, go down to Monroe County, which is becoming a a bedroom community on the south side of Atlanta. Go go up to Cherokee County. There are dirt roads. These, these trucks, even uh, uh, autonomous cars, Teslas, they're they're not going to be able to drive on autopilot on the dirt road. They're not going to be able to drive on autopilot on the paved roads that don't have paint stripes and whatnot, Uh, by and large, some of them they will with sophisticated technology, but by and large, they won't be able to, they will get confused. I don't really believe that outside of urban cores with highly upgraded road services, that this is actually going to work. And you're not going to see it on dirt roads. You're not going to see driverless systems in rural areas. And, you know, uh, let's bring this full circle. This goes back to Hillary Clinton's remarks. That people in in certain areas, uh, they're optimistic and happy and they vote for her. And and the other people, they're racist, bigots, homophobes. These are people who live in rural areas. And it is this technology that is in further evidence of the divide in this country. You know, there are people who live out in Wilkinson County, Georgia. We talked a lot about Wilkinson County uh, with all the gubernatorial candidates. It is a very large county in the middle of Georgia that is dirt poor. It has seven municipalities. It can't sustain seven municipalities, plus the school system, plus the county government. It should just be one centralized government without all these little municipalities. But there's a lot of regional pride. There's a lot of local pride. Um, But very poor people, a very rural county. It is not going to see 18-wheelers come cruising through its streets because it doesn't have paved roads. It, 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 well, it well, if it does have paved roads, and it does, in like Irwinton and elsewhere, but it doesn't have painted roads. And this is a place where people, either they live because they know no better and have never been past their city limits, they can't leave, or they've made a choice to live there. I know people who have moved there because they want to see the sky at night. They want to have a lot of land. They commute into Macon or Warner Robins or even drive to Atlanta for work. And they give up a quality of life they have in Atlanta, but they're happy where they are. They're happy because they have land. They don't have neighbors. um, In some cases, they homeschool. Uh, yes, they're driving 45 minutes to, for a grocery store where they can get a vanilla bean as opposed to the just McCormick's imitation vanilla or the, the real deal McCormick's, but he, they like that lifestyle. They like the quality of life they have. It, it's a slower pace. And that's where the driverless cars are not going to go. The driverless car systems and trucks are going to eat into the urban core and you're going to have bitter, angry people there who are losing their jobs. Uh, None in the rural areas where these trucks aren't going to be able to drive. By the way, one thing I should tell you before I get out of here about these driverless trucks is the main reason they're doing 18-wheelers is there's actually a, a shortage of truck drivers in the country. Uh, according to the Washington Post and others that I've seen, um, the nation lacks 45,000 truck drivers as of 2015, and they got even they're even more expected within the next year. Um, the upwards of 75,000 truck drivers that are needed in this country to fill the void. So that's why companies are trying to turn to automotive automated trucks. But I just, I, outside of urban quarters, again, I have a hard time believing this is going to be successful goodness gracious I had so much other stuff to get to today that uh, we just ran out the clock on my apologies we'll get to some of it tomorrow uh, before I get out of here though they, they are having the the gun protest in Atlanta they want to do it at Liberty Plaza by the Capitol uh, the the uh, Marjorie Stallman Douglas uh, graduates from the Florida School in Parkland they've sent a letter to the governor begging him to allow it and you know the governor's office has been real straightforward here if they if they cover the costs of having the rally, They can have the rally. Um, What is it with this entitlement mentality of a bunch of millennials and and left-wing activists who think they can have rallies without covering the necessary costs? That's what this is all about. Uh, When you hear the national news media pick this up, because I'm sure they have PR agents working right now, remember that this is all about uh, these protesters want to be able to have a big rally without covering any of the costs that you or I would have to pay if we wanted to have a similar rally. Uh, What an entitled mentality from some of these people. Good grief. All right, Um, before I get into trouble, I'm going to get out of here. I will see you guys tomorrow.